Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. And there we have it. Welcome to another very exciting day in the Good Listening To Clearing Stories of Distinction and Genius. And I'm very, very excited to have uh, a uniquely, um, well, he's a performance poet with a really beautiful, unique cadence to his voice. And I've really, really enjoyed researching him. Kate Cross has passed the golden baton from a live show that we did together about three weeks ago. She passed the awkward pass the golden baton to toby who's agreed and has said yes so i'm delighted to keep the golden thread going so toby thompson performance poet you are extremely welcome to the show well it's an honor thank you chris lovely i researched one of your beautiful poems today called black coffee and you said my first piece this is when i was living in a castle with my friend jules and her dog bessie who's also my friend um, and I just thought that was such a brilliant way. You know, we've all lived in a castle, uh, obviously. So just tell me the backstory of how that came about. Well, I, I went to the, um, a TEFL course in Barcelona um, when I was having a bit of a crisis of faith in my, uh, my career as a poet. Um, and uh, and after that, it was it was a it was a short step to um, it was kind of just on just a little bit further than Gerona. She was the caretaker for a castle. She she lived in a um, in a in a little cottage adjoining, um, and uh, and for about six weeks, six to ten weeks in the summer, she would host guests, and it, it would become this kind of amazing place where people would pay lots of money to go and stay in this castle. But for the rest of the year, very cold because of the thick walls, and um, and and there was basically no one in it. Uh, so um, I was I was given the run of the place. And, yeah. And what a perfect place for a performance poet in crisis to find himself in the middle of a Spanish castle near Barcelona. Yes, and spend six weeks writing a poem about coffee. It was... and, and it is a great poem. And it was part of the Royal Albert Home series, which is a very interesting thing. Do you want to tell me a bit about that too? Yes, well, I did. I, th I think prior to prior to COVID and them doing Royal Albert Home, when it was just a hall, um, I went and did a... Um, I did, I did a performance of one of my shows in 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 one of the spaces there, uh, and so I formed a connection. And then um, and then whenever th when everything was first kicking off with uh, with lockdowns and so forth, um, they got in touch and they were doing this really nice thing where they they were doing these Royal Albert Home um, performances, inviting artists of like a very high caliber who I think were doing it for free. <laughs> kind of like uh, big big names were doing it um it was Casey Tunstall and um oh, I forget the others and then and then kind of up and coming people that they they liked and they were working with um 
of whom I was one, who, who they kind of chuck some money at. <laughs> uh, Lovely. And, nice and, speech, and quite right too, because as a performance poet, you deserve to earn a living. And indeed, you, you're wonderful. I really enjoyed researching you. I Wish I Was a Mountain was your really seminal breakthrough piece, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. And Kate was very warm and effusive about how you turned up to the Egg Youth Theatre in a, in a time when you were just finding your voice. And she described you as being long-haired, by the piano and then suddenly tuning into the fact, gosh, this guy can really rhyme and also play music. And so he's uniquely gifted. And I love the fact that it's obviously you theatre that gave you the confidence to spring off. Yes, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it was a real fairy tale story there because I, I, I also worked front of house for about 10 years there and and different different jobs, workshop assisting and on the stage door. and. Um, and and actually, Lee, the director, would he directed a lot of the Christmas shows and the Christmas shows working as an usher. I would see them kind of up to 50 times a year. Um, uh, and so it was, re- it was really wonderful to then then be kind of like, yeah, I think we did some sold out shows in that auditorium with Lee directing. And, and this yeah. is Lee Lyford, obviously, the, mm-hmm. the, yes, the yeah. regional, well, the, the awesome director that, that's based in the southwest here as well. I'm speaking to you from Bristol. Where are you today, Toby? I'm in caution today in my parents' new house. It's lovely. And also when I spoke to you about two weeks ago to connect, you were house sitting to do with a cat, but it also had a swimming pool. So I, not the cat, but the house. Maybe the cat has a swimming pool, but I just thought you, you're obviously very gifted at ending up in quite lovely surroundings as you find your muse as a poet. Yes, I'm definitely in, in nomadic poet mode at the moment. Not in one place for very long. So you're a wandering minstrel. And we've had the yeah. castle in Barcelona. Where was the place with the cat and the swimming pool? Uh, that, was, that was in Ealing. Um, Very good. And you described uh, the, the dog Bessie as becoming your friend. What was the name of the cat? And is that now your friend? <laughs> cat is called Joey. And it, yeah, I think, I, think, I, I think he'd be okay with me um, saying, saying that we're friends. He's not very demonstrative as far as his affections go. But uh, over, the, over the course of the time that I was there, I definitely... I definitely felt a bond form. And therein lies the dichotomy between whether you're a cat or a dog person, because cats really don't give a shit. Whereas Bessie, I'm sure, will always be your friend. And that's the joy of dogs, too. I I do like cats as well. I admire them in a different way. (laughs) So, uh, Toby, you're extremely welcome to this construct. It's going to be absolutely joyful to curate you through a storyscape that I hope you really, really enjoy. And it's very, very exciting for me to have a performance poet in this space. There is an invitation for us to put a sort of couple of poems on a metaphorical plinth within the clearing. And please, if you'd be willing to share a couple of pieces, that would be wonderful too. You don't have to. I didn't give you very much notice of that. but but No, I'd be delighted. So um, this is where it's going to be a clearing. As usual, I'll find out where that is in a minute. Then there'll be a tree. Then I'll shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. There'll be a couple of random squirrels, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. Uh, And then at the end, there'll be an invitation to go as deep as you like into your own URLs. So this is the stories of distinction and genius. And I think you've got both because it's very distinctive. You know, how you do your poetry has a beautiful cadence to it. And it's really evocative. Some of your reviews are beautiful as well and sort of sum it up better than I could. His uniquely rhythmic and musical style is lyrical, beguiling, playful and poignant. And that's what I experienced when I listened to you. Lovely, thank you. So hopefully you're, you're feeling you've had some happy smoke blown at you. Here yeah. we go. 
Toby Thompson, performance poet. Um, where is what is a clearing for you? Where do you go to get clutter-free, inspirational, and able to think? And it wouldn't surprise me if it's a castle in Barcelona, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> so over to you. No, I'm actually going to um, have our clearing be uh, on the top of Salisbury Hill in Bath. Um, I don't know. Do you know the hill? I do. I've, I've immediately gone to uh, Kate Bush and Peter Gabriel land because of... Well, yeah, plane. right. So my, when, I was, when I was a young child, my mum was working for Peter Gabriel at... Um, I think she was even his PA at one point, but she, she was in the design department at Real World Records. So if I was sick one day, I'd get to go in there. And um, so he, he was kind of alive in, in the family and, uh, and we lived sort of a, a mile up from there. And then when I was seven, we moved even closer and it, for, for 20 years lived in a house where, where that was, it, it was kind of a couple of minutes onto the path that leads, leads up onto the hill. And um, so, so that's, that's been a, it's been a clearing, a rehearsal space for me as well, a place to go up and kind of look down on the city. And do you normally find yourself in solitude up there whilst you're reciting and, and sort of, well just communing with nature whilst you recite yeah, exactly minus the occasional cow um. <laughs> <laughs> by the way i just have to say i i was once at a children's party when my daughter was much younger she's 23 now but um i was getting nudged in the ribs and i was going what and we were singing wheels on the bus go round and round and apparently i was sat next to peter gabriel who is giving it wheels on the bus because that's what you had to do and i, I remember thinking he was no great shakes at wheels on the bus but um <laughs> anyway i i'm full of respect for him obviously so um yeah that's lovely that that what an extraordinary coincidence that your mum used to work at real world studios as well Yes, yes. So we are atop Salisbury Hill, lovely. And um, what I'm going to now do is arrive with a tree next to the cow that you also introduced to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. So this is where you've had five minutes to have thought about four things that have shaped you as to who you've become as a performance poet to this day, uh, three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention and borrow from the film up. Oh, that's a bit well, squirrels, you know, what never fails to grab your attention. And then a quirky or unusual fact about you, Toby Thompson, we couldn't know until you tell us. So over to you to interpret the canopy shaking of your tree as you see fit. Right. Okay. Well, the first, um, the first apple, the, the thing that, um, that shaped me is, um, yeah, the first of those two houses that I mentioned, which was a bungalow about, um, yeah, a mile or so up from up the hill from Salisbury Hill, um, uh, and and it's the fact that I grew up on a farm, on a um, uh, as an only child on a farm, uh, in a bungalow, not working on the farm, not not really learning how to do any of the <laughs> farm things, but just having this kind of sprawling countryside, uh, fields upon fields upon fields, and um, and quite often no one to really hang out with. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, think, thinking back on it, I could see how, um, well, I've, I've got my friend who I was living with in Ealing, she's, uh, she's studying psychology and therapy stuff. And recently she was, uh, she was learning about something called the sibling matrix, which is all about the way that your placement within the sibling matrix, um, uh, shapes you in, in this, like, obviously we think a lot about how mother, child, 
bad child relationship shape you but um but yeah just the, the way in which um where you where you are within that kind of like yes yeah, and within your own sibling matrix are you an only child or not i'm an only child oh, okay yeah. yes so, so the sibling matrix still applies even if you're not in a matrix of other siblings yes i think I, yeah very much so and I, I i guess that's what i'm saying really is that i um uh possibly there's some kind of nature stuff involved and then there's like the nurture stuff of of being an only child not not having a sibling around and then and then also not really having any other people around for for a lot of the time basically what i'm saying is that i'm a bit of a solitary solitary kind of hermit and uh and uh and and writing is a very solitary thing so i've kind of wound up wound up in this position of being quite comfortable with um with quiet and and my own company really and that's really profound how autonomous that makes one and then it allows you to be a bit of an outlier and acute observer of what's going on whilst others are interacting i suppose yes yes yeah apparently my primary school teachers would call me the observer and so sort of just <laughs> a healthy distance and kind of and, and that resonates so well with what how i first heard you described by kate cross who said you were just this very enigmatic presence at the piano I can't remember it. Well, it's it, I've got an image of you having very long hair, almost wearing a hoodie and being very contained, uh, but then having a sort of an enigmatic quality where people, you know, feel drawn to like a moth to a flame of this person that's just doing something slightly unique and different. Yes, yes, I have. I have been a, a, accused of um, enigma and enigmaticism for sure. I'm very happy because that was a compliment and I'm very happy that you've taken yeah, you. it as one as well. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, back to your canopy shaping. You had the matrix of siblings and being on a farm first. OK, and number two, I guess kind of uh, a related a related apple um, is uh, audio books and just the, the hundreds and thousands of hours that I spent listening to listening to audiobooks. I had one memory that came back to me of um, of being, I think it was the first time that I slept alone in a tent in a garden. Uh, I think that was in Wales, where there just wasn't enough room. And I, um, uh, I just remember the rain falling on the tent and having this little tape recorder that I had, portable tape recorder with a tape cassette taken from the library with a story in it, and just being so utterly content to be listening to the to the unfolding of a of a story, um, and yeah, so much so much of my life has been spent listening to listening to audio books in childhood, but also also in adulthood, really. And I, I, again, I, I I get the sense that that um, that that has 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 shaped my kind of um, uh, I spend a lot of my time working with words and the way that they sound. And I, th I think those all of those rhythms were kind of ingrained in me. Um, I, I get the rhythm of the rainfall hitting the canopy of the tent and the so that can be very musical and rhythmic of itself. Yes. So was that yes. the first time you heard an audio book coinciding with your first night in the tent? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's probably a bit more of an origin story than a reality, but um... nicely put. <laughs> no, lovely stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, there's audio books, and then um, and then perhaps leading on from the audio books, there was always so much music in the household um, when I was a kid. There was always a piano. My parents uh, were were in bands. My mum was 
playing playing jazz piano and singing in bars and things to earn money. And it was never it was never their main profession, but it was it was always being done just for the joy of it. Um, so there was a lot of music around, uh, and also just their joy in, in listening to music. And and because she was at Real World Records, there were lots of like interesting compilations and stuff. And we'd go to WOMAD Festival. Um, so I think yeah, I was just very. Um, very gladly infected by that love of music. And just one before we move away from Peter Gable, if you're to meet Peter Gable in the street, does he say hi, Toby? Is it is it that type of? No, no, I, I, <laughs> I did meet him once. I think at a Womad festival, but I was about four years old. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. you've turned out lovely. Lovely stuff. Yes, back in the tree. Yes. All right. And then the final one that sprang to mind was that um, I had quite a lot of injuries when I was just sort of entering adulthood. I had, I, I, I guess I was like 18 and I'd kind of decided that I was going to be this like performance poet, rapper kind of person. And, uh, and I was just doing it all of the time. Um, but my writing process was very much vocal. Uh, it was kind of like spoken out loud. And I think I didn't really know how to breathe very well. And I was holding a lot of tension around here in my neck. And I got this weird ache came into my neck that none of the doctors weren't really sure what it was. And it just, it kind of, well, it prevented me from writing because I didn't really know how to write without talking. And it hurt and it, I sort of went quite into my show and wasn't really able to ha freely have conversations and stuff. Um, and then I was like, okay, fine, I'll, I can't do that. I'll focus on piano, I get really good at piano. So then I immediately started practicing jazz piano for three, four hours a day. Um, and I don't know how long it took, probably just a few weeks. And then I had tendonitis in my hands. <laughs> RSI in the hands. And then, and then there was, I, I, uh, I went to convalesce in France and sort of like, I felt like everything was falling apart and I wanted to get my head straight. Uh, and then, and then whilst I was there, I was like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll do a lot of cycling to stay fit. I'll go to the, and I cycled the first day, 12 miles to the, to the beach in one direction, the second 12 miles, to, and then on the third day, my shoulder had, <laughs> my shoulder had burst. Um, so there was this kind of, it, it was awful. I just felt like I was falling apart. Everything I wanted to do to, to bring myself happiness really just like, uh, just turned inwards and, and just went wrong. Um, but in retrospect, it's definitely one of those things where the, the, the thing that at the time feels like the worst possible thing in the world in retrospect is the thing that you would, that you would like, uh, be the last to give up because it kind of like redirects you in into the um in into the towards where exactly where you need to go which for me was like I, the, these things were going wrong because basically because i wasn't listening to my body was was being like ow ow but i love the sort of slightly karmic muse of the idea of you need to be quiet for a while while i teach you how to play the piano and then whilst you're getting over that i'll just take you for lots of long bike rides where you become a journeyman to be able to find your stories it all connects it's really lovely Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very yeah. lyrical and very poetic. And I love the fact you also said, I went to convalesce in France. I love the fact you can find yourself in extraordinary places like a castle in Barcelona, you know, where you've just been sat with a, 
in Ealing, but also con- how did the convalescing in France go? And, and did you oh, stop it? Oh, it was injury? amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Once I got over the disappointment of busting my shoulder. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a week of silence when I first got there. I completely, no, it was the first time I'd ever done that. No television or audio books or music or anything. Um, and, and then... And then, yeah, came out of that and sort of like tentatively started writing again and was just, was, yeah, it was just just the first kind of real deep period of introspection that I'd, that I'd had like that. And, and it felt very needed because I felt like I'd, I'd just kind of got lost and wasn't really sure what I was. And in that I, process, did your voice then come back and you stopped the sort of psychosomatic uh, blockage of your voice? Yeah, it started it coming back. It was it was it was a fairly slow process. Um, yoga was one of the big things, just learning to breathe properly, um, and also meditation retreats. It was that was another thing that I was grateful for was that it kind of uh, just in in trying things in trying things um, out to heal. Uh, I ended up doing yeah a handful of these ten day vipassana silent meditation retreats, um, which were also very uh, very valuable experiences for sure. And the whole process and journey of it has ended up with you having a very unique voice actually, because as, as I know the, the lyricism and the cadence that you have is, is very distinct. Mm. And so that, that's, you know, again, another compliment, but it's sort of, it, it's the fact that it's not done, um, you know, it, it, the good company of people that just are incredibly creative, but don't necessarily have to know how to do it properly. You know, I, I was reminded mm. recently of, um, uh, in, in some of the many musicians that sound brilliant, but they end up getting vocal nodes because they don't know how to sing properly. Yeah. So Paul Young was someone whose career was very much about his own voice, but then the rasp caused too much damage. But the rasp was almost the unique sound of the voice as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it, it has it has meant that there's a kind of like acute, acute awareness of... Um, of the, of the of the breath and the voice and the yeah I don't know this all. and your your performance style uses voice and piano doesn't it when you're you know I know that certainly I wish I was a mountain did that yeah some sometimes to be like in a piano is more of a hobby than uh, yeah. than, than the poetry is but I have found a way of uh, involving it in the theatre shows uh, which which I'm really happy with because it means that when I'm touring there's there's a piano there <laughs> sure lovely yeah. So back to your tree, lovely stuff. Okay. Right, so that's my that's my four things that shape me. Um, the three things that inspire me, um, well, I guess it kind of grows out of the of the audiobook thing is like conversations, I guess quite similar to these. Uh, um, I feel very grateful to live in a time when when you can just listen to your heart's content and discover different people and conversations between people and um and yeah like I, I guess in terms of things that inspire me every now and then I find a I find a person that um that uh that feel it feels like oh this this what what this person has learned or has to communicate has has something rich that I that I need um and then you can just if if they're if they're kind of like out there you can listen you can just listen and listen and listen and kind of study 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 what they say um and so and so yeah there's there's kind of uh i i'm in, i'm inspired by people that i find in life a, a particular example that came to mind was uh um was a 
actually, I've changed my mind. I do, there's a guy called Stephen Jenkinson, um, who uh, he they call him the grief walker. He's like a he, he oh. worked a lot in palliative care. Canadian guy, amazing, um, amazing uh, kind of st storytelling like soothsayer uh, way about him. Um, and he he wrote a book called Die Wise. Uh, but at the time when I was doing that Royal Albert Home. Uh, thing in in France I was just li I was listening to his audiobook but also to lots and lots of conversations that he was doing and just uh and it it was a I don't know I felt like I, it was all stuff to do with death basically death and grief and I, after after that period of kind of being deeply immersed in those sorts of that that philosophical terrain and and the stories of his experience working in that in that um in that field, when I when I then came home, not sure how long it was later, six months or something, um, my grandfather uh, died. It, it looked like it was going to be very quick, but then it actually was quite quite a bit slower. It was maybe a six month period when my mum and I were visiting every week, and they were sorting out the care and stuff. And um, and I felt that I was I was able to kind of be present to that process and kind of like turn up turn up to it and turn turn towards it and um and have conversations about it with with my mom and also with him um that I definitely wouldn't have been able to have or wouldn't ha wouldn't have had the idea to have had had it not been for this time of kind of being immersed in this stuff so so I guess that's an example of the ways that that um that it can kind of ripple out into your life if you find something find something that inspires you and listen yeah. And, and the, the the handle the grief walker is extraordinary. I mean, that's that's mm. seismic in its title. Yes, yes, he definitely he owns it. He, yeah, yeah, I wow. recommend anyone checking it out. Yeah. This is such lovely stuff, Toby. So, uh, the right, next right. thing that inspires you, right onwards. Um, okay, the next one was uh, people in my life who um, who make great food and put it on the table. Um, yeah, again, again, that's been a big part of my upbringing. I've just been very fortunate to. Uh, that's so deftly put, by the way. No one's ever said that. I've done about 140 episodes so far. Oh. And for someone to say, I am inspired by people who make delicious food and put it on the table. Nobody's ever said that. Oh, it's crazy. In the same way. Right. Nicely. Thanks. Nice. Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my mum's an amazing chef, and 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 lots of our lots of our closest family friends are. And it's just like the yeah, the dinner table being that focal point. Um, uh, yeah, so much good food and so so many glorious hours spent just kind of connecting connecting around a table. Um, and that and now I I came to it quite late, but as of the last um, few years, I've I've started to really really enjoy cooking as well and 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 kind of occupy, occupying that role within a social situation just kind of like beavering about in the kitchen while everyone gets together and then putting something out and it, and it's such a nice uh it's such a nice antidote to writing which is so kind of abstract and heady and and wordy to just be dealing with real stuff with your hands with like heat and um, Absolutely, and but that's such a profound resilience strategy. Doing something—it's called um, doing practical things, where you do something that's arm's length, yes, not in your head. So I, I use table tennis, ironically, and right. tennis and cooking often like kneading dough 
as my own version of that. Because mm. I'm very, I'm all about the patter in yes. a different way because yeah. of comedy improvisation, but that's very, very relatable again. Mm, of course, of course. Oh, yeah, that's cool to hear. Um, and uh, all right, the final, the final inspiration thing. Um, I mean, it's a slightly smart Alec answer, but the, uh, the breath, um, I, I just, I believe the, the etymology of inspiration, the spirit meant breath in Latin. Um, and, and yeah, when I, was, when I was thinking about this question of inspiration, I just, I liked that sense that, um, that actually you don't need to do anything to be inspired, uh, just simply by virtue of being, of being alive. And like, really that is, that is the thing that kind of separates life from death for a human being. It's like for the, for the whole duration of, of our life, we're kind of in this, in this rhythmic in and out, just like breathing, breathing spirit in. Um, uh, You've maybe so, think yeah. the tidal flows there as well. That's really mm. delicious stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. All these cycles. Yeah. The, the tide, the just in and out day and night. Um, that also yeah. makes you think about the, the good death. It sounds like your grandfather had with the idea of six months of waiting for the, mm. I suppose the last breath in its, in its own way as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Also, I, I love the, I've never heard the um, entomology, not, what was the word, um, the derivation, yeah. the entomology of the um, of inspiration being about breath. I hadn't really thought of it in that way before, yeah. but absolutely. Yeah, I think spirit was, I think spirit and breath were, were at one point the same, the same word. Um, so yeah, it's a nice sense of like. So that, that didn't seem like a sort of smart aleck, um, response at all actually <laughs> okay great <laughs> okay so um if that's your two now we're on to two things uh, squirrels that never fail to grab your attention irrespective of anything else that's going on for you yes okay well the first one i've written down is impermanence and its representatives um because <laughs> I, I just yeah i get i guess from the meditation retreats that's like one of the um one of the key threads is you're kind of like you're you're just kind of practicing seeing seeing your own experience through the lens of through the lens of impermanence like not, noticing that everything is always changing and ending um i wish i was a mountain the show was that show um also has the story has a big thread of like um of kind of even mountains crumble like like everything um everything everything ends um and and there's something that I've, I'm I'm just always basically drawn drawn to drawn to noticing endings and 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 particularly to the to the effect that that then has on your on your experience of things that are still happening of like of just the awareness that like oh this will be a memory at some point um, but, but right now it's like a, it's like the best memory ever where it's like 3d and you can make stuff happen. <laughs> yeah, really, lovely. Um, uh, but, but yeah, that, that slightly melancholic kind of bittersweet um, sadness that enriches um, just, just of knowing this isn't going to last forever, but, but right now it, it, it's happening. Um, which reminds me of, of the description of you, which is the fact that your poetry displays your delight in life's uns uncertainties and absurdities. And that's a really lovely way to encapsulate what you've just said, actually. 
Nice, nice. And yeah, and in a way that leads on to my to my second thing that always grabs my attention, which is, what did I say here? The vastness and tininess of things. Um, by, <laughs> by which I mean like, uh, I, lo I love things in, particularly in science, just like those crazy facts that, um, that remind you how, uh, how kind of superficial, the appearances of stuff are, or like how, how, how kind of particularly unique the human vantage point is and how like outside of that vantage point, there's, there's just, well, a universe of like, of, of different, for, for, for example, there's th these facts like um, uh, human DNA all coiled up in spirals. Uh, if you, if you like, uncoiled it like a string and laid out one person's DNA flat. Um, I mean, the numbers vary slightly, but it's something in the region of the one person's DNA would stretch to the sun and back 72 <laughs> times. <laughs> wow, sorry, that was, I, I thought you were just gonna stop to the sun and back, then you said 72 yeah. times. <laughs> yeah, it gets God. to the end of the solar system. It's like- That's 93 million times yeah. 72 or something. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, you should meet Brian Cox. I'm sure you'd have a great conversation about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love him. I love that stuff. My friend Ewan in, um, I've got, a, I went to China touring Irishell's Mountain and uh, and I had an Irish particle physicist a couple of doors down from me in the hotel. We got locked down in Shanghai and we, he'd <laughs> come around to my room and we'd have these conversations about like the universe and stuff. And he um, he, he was there conducting experiments at the bottom of the ocean to try and catch neutrinos and neutrinos are so small they come from the sun um that i i googled it to make sure before i came on here and um there's a hundred a hundred billion neutrinos pass through your thumbnail every second oh <laughs> Cool fact with Tony Thompson. <laughs> Just say that again. That's worth because no one understands what we're talking about. Well, they're so they're so small. They come from the sun, and they're so antisocial. They pass through the whole Earth without touching any other bit of matter because it's all mostly just space um, but they're they're so tiny that yeah, a hundred billion through your thumbnail every second. I love that they're. Tar I know I'm only being facetious, but they're targeting our thumbnails. It's a bit like the irony of of people talking about aliens and they come all this way just to interfere with a cow's ass in Somerset. You think what's <laughs> going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great squirrel. I love that. Thank you. And how brilliant to be locked down in Shanghai next to a nuclear physicist or a sorry, you said a particle physicist, did you? Yes, I yes. don't know what the difference is. Yeah, nor do yeah. I. Awesome. Great squirrels. Okay, now a quirky or unusual fact about you, Toby Thompson, we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. Ah, yes. Well, um, uh, my great, 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 great grand uncle <laughs> was, <laughs> was Gladstone, the Prime Minister. Oh, love that. Yeah, I couldn't remember how many greats. I checked with my mum yesterday. Uh, yeah, of, of the, the bag bag namesake fame and and yeah 12 years prime minister love that and you quantified the number of great i love that that's great <laughs> cool fact yeah. love that yeah great okay now uh, we've shaken your tree and that was an awesome canopy shapage if i, if I could just oh, say so that was great thanks. 
So now we're going to move away from uh, the tree, but stay in the clearing. And we're going to talk about alchemy and gold next. When you're at purpose and in flow, Toby Thompson, what are you absolutely happiest doing in what you're here to reveal to the world? Yeah, I think it's writing when it's going well. Um, certainly the times when I've heard the flow state described, that's been the, the best experience that I can relate it to. Um, and I, I always write listening to music and I generally, I find a piece of music that just makes that is like a place where I want to be for a long time. And then I'll loop it. I'll kind of trim the end and the beginning so that it just goes round and round and round. And then it's kind of like you gradually descend into a bit of a trance state of just like fiddling around with these really, um, with the kind of just these often, often quite subtle it's very subtle decision-making. It's, it's very slow, my writing process. And, and, and there's something so kind of, I don't know, I've heard that with the flow state, you're, you, you, uh, there's something to do with like, you, you have to have clear feedback. And like with rock climbing or something, you get very clear feedback of like whether you're, mm. and sometimes I've been confused about how that, that relates to, um, to writing um but it's like it's it's a more kind of mysterious kind of feedback where you, where you're like trying out different i'm kind of talking aloud like try, trying out this word or that word or this this pattern of speech like breaking it up in this way or that way or um and just feeling the kind of sensing the the resonances of like mm. what what feels what feels right and then when it when something works it's there's just it's like kind of like the ring of truth just resounds through you or something and you yeah so I don't know it's a very mysterious process and when I try and do it with my rational brain uh particularly if I have commissions or something where you like you you have to finish the thing um and then so I want to control it and I, I start trying to like logically turn it into a puzzle to solve then it all kind of falls apart and stops stops working um and as we're here in the alchemy and gold place is there a piece that you'd like to share at this point? This this feels like it might be a good place to do that. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. How long? How long have we got? Um, well, we we're still on schedule for about another ten minutes. This is all going really well for me uh, in terms of timing. So if you I'll, felt I'll like, a, you're... yeah, I'll do a short one so it doesn't doesn't uh, we don't go too far into it. Um, the, uh, this is called stacked plates. Balanoid. Shaped like an acorn. Stiliferous. Abounding with stars. Ailerophilia. A liking for cats. Tootle. The sound made by tooting on a flute. Siamaki. An act or instance of fighting an imaginary enemy or shadow. Zephyr, a gentle mild breeze. Ambi sinister, clumsy with both hands. Today, I shall while away the morning hours learning words in cafes, misguidedly, att misguidedly attempting to um, to quench the thirst of my introvertedness with frappes, 
availing myself of the listlessly devotional subservience of ashtrays, peripherally training the shyness of my gaze on my waitress's meticulous meanderings. Observe the way she purposefully sashays for all the world like a whirling dervish down the gangways. I must say, I'm surprised she doesn't stoop, that her smile doesn't droop, laden down as she is, with a lonesome poet's fantasies of perfectness and stacked plates. Wow, fantastic, <laughs> lovely. Right. Alchemy and gold right there. I, I, there was a lovely moment in watching you where you completely found your flow state because there's a tiny hiccup. Yeah. Then you closed your eyes and went into a blissful state of, of flow. Yeah. That was yeah. really perfect. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so after Alchemy and Gold, we're going to get on to awarding you with a cake now. So mm -hmm. this is the final rich storytelling metaphor whereby you get to put a cherry on the cake. Mm. And uh, this is where we find out what's a favorite inspirational quote that's given you sucker and pulled you towards your future. It could be what help notes or advice might you proffer to a younger version of yourself. And then what we're ramping up to um, via past the baton will be Shakespeare and how uh, we'll talk about legacy borrowed from the, all the world to stage and all the men and women merely players. So over to you two. Um, here's your bit of cake. Do you like cake? First of all, Toby? Yeah, I like cake. So you can have a cake of choice, metaphorically. What sort of cake are we talking? I'll have a carrot, please. <laughs> I'll have a carrot, please, Bob. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> okay, so over to you to put your cherries on the cake. What's a favourite inspirational quote? Okay, I've got a pair um, of quotes. One of them is, uh, desire is the voice of the soul, uh, which I think is a woman called Genevieve Dao, who I'd studied Qigong with for a while. I think it was something she said, um, uh, which, yeah, which, which, which I just love. Um, the, 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 the sense that your kind of destiny is, is pulling you towards itself um, and, and, your, and your, your desires are kind of like sign, signposts towards that thing. Um, and then as a kind of like paradoxical counterpart to that, to, to kind of balance it up, um, there's a Jung, there's a quote of Jung's, um, where he says that which you most need will be found where you least want to look. Um, and it's just, it's just really annoying, <laughs> annoying quote <laughs> that so often proved to be <laughs> completely true. Um, which again, it feels like a, a kind of orienting, a, an orienting help, which is like, where do I need to go next? Like, and, uh, and often the answer is, is towards your desire, but often, often there's something that's being avoided. Um, that is just kind of like just out of the way in the shadows. And that's exactly what the, the thing that needs to be turned towards. Um, yeah, so the, those pairs. Beautifully thought provoking. Thank you very much. Lovely. Uh, what's the, uh, so here's another, a bit of a googly question for you. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given, Toby? Well, I wasn't technically given this piece of advice, but I heard it a fortnight ago on the football commentary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was Arsenal Man City and, um, Arsenal got awarded a penalty and I just you know the, the the stress involved in taking a penalty at a big football match I can't even imagine it but it's just 80,000 people screaming at you um, and then millions of others on the television and all of your friends are going to ruin everyone's day <laughs> um, 
And, and the, what the commentator said that I thought was really wise was that, well, he noticed that Saka smiled just before he took the penalty. He was like, he smiled and he said, that's like a, that's a really good piece of advice for any young footballers taking penalties. But I also took it, took it for like, um, well, for myself, if I'm any, anytime when you're nervous, like if I'm about to go out on stage, smiling is like the, one of the best thing along with breathing is so good for you to do. Cause it's, I think it's just really hard for your body to imagine that if you're smiling, anything could really be that bad. <laughs> it's like it kind of, it, it, um, there's also a thing I love to do with how if you, if you, if you lay like a plank of wood, that's like a, I don't know, like a foot wide on the floor and then were asked to walk along it. Uh, it would just be the easiest thing, easiest thing in the world. But if you put that plank of wood 100 meters into the air, <laughs> then suddenly it's like, I don't know if I can walk along that plank. And I often feel like that with like learning poems, for instance, and then like you can know it like the back of your hand and then you stand in front of 100 people and mm -hmm. suddenly you're not sure if you can if you can walk to the end of it. But smiling is like a really good way of, of um, just so soothing yourself in moments of, of nerve. nerve great listening. The fact you've picked that up from a penalty that Saka's about to take. That's, that's <laughs> delicious stuff. Yeah. And uh, yes, love that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> We could now be at the moment where, just before we ramp up to Shakespeare, um, this is the pass the golden baton moment, please. Oh, so yeah. having experienced this from within, uh, who do you instinctively think may enjoy or will, would just like to have the baton passed to them to keep the golden thread going? Well, the person that I have in mind is um, someone called Dan Sue, who um, I don't know if I'll be able to do his... CV justice. He's, he's done an extraordinary array of things, and I, I kind of know him as as a friend and collaborator. Um, he 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 programmed me for a lot of my first shows in London, um, and kind of curated various collaborative things that I've done with string with a string quartet. Um, uh, and he yeah he puts on shows, but he also does a lot of. Um, uh, education stuff he's like organized lots lots of trips abroad to big parts of the world to um do outreach things he runs an amazing stage at glastonbury um uh he's, he's i guess he's like a he's he's an entrepreneur and educator and and events producer i first time i saw ed sheeran live was at one of his one of his gigs at Glastonbury and um, yeah, just one, I, he's basically a person that I'd be really interested to, um, to listen, to get a bit more into the weeds of his, um, how he's got to where he is. Yeah, wonderful character. Thank you for that, very generous. And your mission, should you choose to accept it, which you obviously have, is to just see if he'll ask the question. And, and in the universe of questions, yes is fine, no is fine, but that's lovely and generous of you to impart that in its intention. Hurry nice. on. I'll pass it on for sure. Um, is there any other poetry piece you'd like to read? Uh, it's just lovely whilst I've got you. It'd yeah. be lovely to have you just give us a, a bit of extra of whatever you'd like to give us. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd love to. Um, this one is called uh, Tears. And it was, it was written around the time that I mentioned when I was listening to all of that Stephen Jenkinson um, stuff during, during the during the lockdown. I mean, it's been tweaked since then, but that it, yeah, it, it mostly flowed, flowed. Have you connected with him, by the way? 
No, I know. I'm really bad at getting in contact with because 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 of how your connection to it and how it, I'm sure that's such an extraordinary story about how someone's being the grief walker helped with the. I mean, you know, that's a that that's storytelling with bells, whistles, and knobs on. It's fantastic. Yeah, you're right. I should I should definitely write to him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I send him this poem. Hello, universe. Yes, thanks. I'm having a great lunch in your house. I'm just a bit worried about the bit where I go for the mother of all siestas and never come back down from up in the clouds. Hmm? Well, that's true. I do love hearing gush from my mouth. The ineffable noise of the noses of consonants nuzzling vowels. I still don't see why it all has to end in furrowed brows. I mean, why make the finale a sheepishly mumbled choral ensemble of, well, here we are. And so this is what it's come to now. Life. It's only going to end in heartbreak. It's only going to end in tears. I mean, what's with all of this? Blowing kisses at each other like poison darts. It's a recipe for breastbones pierced. I mean, I'm all for being vulnerable, but to nakedly stand on the stage of my life and put on a show for the rest of my years, worthy of the superlative praise of such critics as float in celestial spheres, and without recourse to idle words, nor to cigarettes, nor beers, to receive with hospitality the ceaseless applause of my heart, and in doing so tease from the lips of my guardian angel, an occasional tinkling wind chime fusillade of amens, hip hip arrives, and hear hears. I'm afraid I shall never to that extent shed my protective veneers. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm so afraid of ever actually empirically ascertaining the length, width, and depth of my fears. Morning, universe. Gorgeous sunrise. I never saw an orange so hopeful, and I never saw a red so fit. And I love how the sideways icicles of sapphire dissolve into their emerald smears. Why do I get the feeling this is only going to end in a broken heart? and some trembling fingers, clutching at a handkerchief drenched in tears. I mean, you sort of have to wonder if it even really matters how impressively the helmsman steers. If an ocean floor shipwreck is, as I must say, quite unquestionably appears, only a matter of timing once you hear the grinding of the tempest's gears. I mean, we do it to ourselves. We whittle and hurl at each other these deadly spears. We spend our whole lives strengthening soul ties, enlarging our friendship spheres. Yeah, and having babies with ticklish footsies and tiny little vegetable ears. Stop that, don't name it, don't. Ah, oh, they named it. It's only gonna end in tears. It's only gonna end in all our hard sweat tears and blood.
carelessly wiped from the face of the earth by the years like mud, flecks, smudged by a mother's thumb into freckled cheeks. There, there, you only fell over. It's not the end of the world. That comes later. What comes later? The special treats? The tables laid with endless feasts? The extravagant parties? The restful sleeps? No, you know. The bit where the sailing boat called you, being splintered and having several leaks, sets its course for the horizon, there to drift among ancestral fleets. We've been through this, cherub cheeks. How are we held in the grip of space and time? We are held in the grip of space and time as field mice in kestrel beaks. Yes, my sweet. And how does one conduct oneself in such a circumstance? One takes a deep breath. Yes. One takes a deep breath. And one takes a deep breath. And admires the spectacular thank you so much toby you have a gift of intimacy which is extraordinary um it, that felt like such a gift to me but of course the lovely dynamic here is that there's an audience too yeah. so yes that was sublime thank you well thank you it's a real it's a real it's it's, it's different every time every time every time those a poem like that it's, or maybe not every time but there, but there are certain times when it's when it's different and um yeah after, after the kind of conversation that we just had uh i um it, it yeah it, it felt special to to be able to speak those words and um uh and yeah so there was uh there was a treat a treat for me Thank you. Uh, yes, I found that very moving indeed. Uh, is that published? I mean, it's, it's so brilliant that it's just there in your head. Is it quite a recent um, craft? Fairly, yeah, fairly, fairly recent. Um, and it's not published. It, it loosely lives within another idea for a show that I'm trying to get around to getting some funding for at the moment. Um, I mean, obviously, you deserve to be published. That was that was extraordinary um so have you written have you have you got a publisher yet for your poetry i do have a literary agent wonderful woman called jill mcclay um but there is this always this question about how um all of the decisions that i make within the writing process are all about how it's going to sound and yeah. how i'm going to speak it and so um and so and so I don't know how well the poems, I, I think there's definitely a place for like, once I've performed a poem, then people often want to read it to like, to spend a bit more time with it. Um, and that's one thing, but I actually just, just handing them over on the page. Um, I don't, I, it's, it's impossible for me to imagine how, how they would read without the pre-knowledge of, of, of the kind of 
of the ways the ways that I've constructed them. So I so I don't know. I basically haven't got around to it yet. And and is your process such that you that you've obviously written it down? There's a hard copy of that for you. It, it changes a bit now for years and years i never wrote anything down um it, and that's part of why when i was describing the flow state part of why it's quite slow because <laughs> it because it's kind of remember is because the decision making process is so slow i'm trying the thing yeah. out over and over and over so then once i've decided like that's what i wanted that's that line let's move on um it's it's in the memory so they were i would kind of like craft them basically just out, out loud in my mind um mm -hmm. now sometimes i use the laptop a bit sometimes not yeah. And if I may, what, what I notice about it is I get gold dust surprise of linguistic choices because you suddenly use a word which is so unusual and different um, mm. that, that just, just sort of sings and chimes and opens up synapses in ways you think, God, where did that come from? Oh, so there are speckles of gold within that. Amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyway, so, um, gosh, that was um, an immense privilege. And thank you for that gift. Because, you know, here I am sitting in Bristol, and, and you've done it, and you've just given me that gift of an extraordinary poem, which is a gift to the audience as well. I just thought that was lovely. And now, inspired by Shakespeare and all the world's stage. And by the way, what I love about this particular copy, this is my own thumbed copy from when I first went to drama school. So this is an authentic prop in me turning this into a live theatre show. Um, so. Uh, Inspired by all the world's stage and all the men and women, nearly players, how, when all is said and done, Toby Thompson, would you most like to be remembered? <laughs> I found myself encountering a lot of resistance to answering this this question. And I don't I don't know if it was because um but just because of the where I'm at in life and and hoping fingers crossed that it's it's a long time before that that answer starts being before that answer happens and then another part of me feeling uh shy about prescribing um how other people might might kind of think about me and then i think another part of me possibly the main reason being um being a kind of sense of maybe sadness about there being more of a discrepancy than i would like between how how i would answer that question like how would i like to be remembered and 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 how i live <laughs> it's like it, it feels like there's a long there's a long way to go to that place um so uh so i i, I think for now i'm just going to keep it fairly simple and say like i um i would like to be remembered as someone who brought some beautiful things into the world um and who um who who found ways to express his love um, for life and for the and, and for the people um, around him. Where can we find out more about Toby Thompson on the internet, please? Ah, I've got a website which is tobythompson.net, um, and I am intermittently on Instagram, uh, Toby Thompson double underscore after the Thompson. Um, uh and more intermittently than that i'm on, <laughs> on facebook um and even yet more intermittently still i'm on twitter um so <laughs> i think in that order i would oh and there's some there's a few bits on youtube as well <laughs> and does i wish i was a mountain still have an afterburn is it still out there 
I think, well, I, I just got an email yesterday asking if I'd like to do it at the, at the pound in caution. Oh, your it. sound just cut off there at the sound in caution, did you say? Sorry, I fiddled with my headphone case. And it's, Stop fiddling. Um, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I just possibly, heart of the press, I got an email yesterday asking if I'd like to do one in, in June at the pound, caution, caution pound, wonderful and, bit. And please say yes and please can I come, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just ramping up because of the time. Ah, yes. uh, we're doing this perfectly. And Great. in fact, we may even do a captain's log supplemental, just hold the line caller. Um, so as this has been your moment in the sunshine, performance poet Toby Thompson, is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, no, I've, I've, I feel I feel uh, overjoyed to have had the opportunity to spend this time chatting with you, and thank you so much for um, for all of the provocations and and for your um, for the gift of your listening. It's been a pleasure. Right back at you, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to performance poet Toby Thompson. Tune in next time for more stories from the Good Listening Two Show Clearing and. Uh, Good night. You've been listening to the Good Listening To show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's myself. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from The Clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme, that's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's... At that Chris Grimes. So until next time, from me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio, and from Stan... To your good health. And goodbye. So, Toby, we're still here in the Good Listening To show clearing. This is a bit of a captain's log, cut supplemental now. Could I just get your immediate feedback? What was that like for you being given a Good Listening To uh, in this format? It was, it was lovely. It was, yeah, it was very nice. Um, it was very nice to kind of have a, have a, have a muse on these, have a muse on these things. It, it's, uh, um, yeah, sent 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 my mind down some down some interesting avenues, and you get a kind of overview. Yeah, you get an overview of your life, which is which is a really nice perspective shift to have from time to time. Um, though I was kind of boring myself in the in the preparation <laughs> a little bit, um, and it yeah, it's interesting how um, how much more pleasurable it is to. Um, uh, to speak actually in conversation, um, especially with you, who who are uh, um, so kind of um, uh, re- receptive and um, and and affable and yeah, nice to talk to. So it was a lovely experience for me. Thank you. And right back at you. There's nothing boring about that. You put things so uniquely in all that i mean what's so lovely is we're all individuals we're all different but you, you do, you've done some beautiful interpretation as i experienced it i was just thinking you know nom 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 during a lot of that actually uh, really delicious uh, storyscaping from you so um what I, I didn't ask you what's current for you i know you might be back to be at caution doing i wish it was i was a mountain um what are other current projects for you Yes, well, so I'm working on an adaptation of the Little Prince story, um, which actually, after a long time of working on it, off and on and off and on, um, uh, on Monday I go into rehearsals, just three days rehearsals ahead of doing um, doing a, a kind of scratch, very early scratch performance for for some um, 
industry professionals at the egg as part of their incubator. Oh, lovely. Oh, I'm so happy you're still obviously very closely yeah. connected to the egg, obviously. Yeah. That was your yeah. genesis point, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so yeah, we're, we're, we're hopefully, if, um, we're, we'll see what happens. It's, a, it's early days, but I've got something that certainly Kate, um, Kate and the director, um, Nick Partridge, and um, uh, yeah, the people who are listening to, to what's been come up with so far seem, seem uh, to kind of, for their imaginations to be going in good good directions with it so so fingers crossed that's that's going to have a life and by the way kate said something so wonderfully profound about you where she teed you up and passed the golden baton and said you she said to me you'll be in really good hands and i think that's a real compliment to you um and and i'd just like to give you that because you know that's that's we often forget what we bring and and you bring something really rich and profound so that, that that was a real pleasure for me to talk to you as well beautiful thank you so much chris thank you you're so very much. welcome oh thank you so much well it's been a it's been a real joy and i'm glad uh i'm, I'm glad i said yes because it is the sort of thing that um <laughs> that in the past i definitely will find excuses not to do basically just out of like just kind of mild nervousness and uh, and and um, hermit hermit leanings, but I'm, I'm very glad I said yes. It's been a real joy. And me too. And by the way, that chimes into my yes and universe because of yes. the comedy improvisational stuff I do. We've just found out news off the press. Instant wit, by the way. Excuse me, verbal. Um, it may well be coming back to the Eastern Off Studio, so I'll, I'll I'll make sure I get in touch. And I'd yes. love to come and see. I wish I was a mountain. I I haven't seen it, but I would love to. Toby, thank you so much. I'll let you know when it all goes live. I got your beautiful picture that you sent through as well. And if you, yes, and and um, you said Dan Sue, if you'd be willing yeah, yeah, to get yeah. in touch, that'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll thank you. Me. I'm I'm really, really, really happy. <laughs> that <laughs> went too. very well. And thank you for watching on Facebook too.